You know, as we go through life, life happens and challenges comes up. But the key to life is not praying that the challenge goes away. The key to life is keeping your mind in check. All right? Because I'm going to tell you something. Just like I learned when I read The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, one of three things is going on in your life. Now, some of you may be too, too proud or stuffy enough to admit, the, admit this, but I'm not. I'm not, I, I mean, I'm not proud. One of three things is going on in your life right now. Either you are going through some stuff. Or number two, you have just gone through some stuff. Or number three, you're getting ready to go through some stuff. Because life happens. And life is no respecter of uh, of persons. But what we learned last week is so very important. And it's very contrary to what we've been taught. And if you wasn't here last week, please, 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 please get a CD. It is very rare that I have called friends of mine that aren't a part of our group and said, hey, I'm sending you a CD or go online, which, by the way, we were live. And if you go to our website, you can watch last week's sermon as well. And I, went, I, I called people and said, you, you need to, hey, listen, listen to what God said here last week. And basically what we said was this. We've been taught that everything happens for a reason. God's got a plan for everything. And that's a bunch of bull butter, in my opinion. That's not in the Bible. That, that comes from religious rhetoric over the years, and we, we've just accepted it because we've heard it time and time again. Everything happens for a reason. God's got everything under control. And that's not necessarily what happens because what, what really happens, life happens. And we live in a chaotic world, right? We live in a chaotic world. So let me back up and, and, and restate what I said just a few moments ago. Our prayers need to change from, Lord, take this problem away from me. Take it in the name of Jesus. Take it away from me right now. Instead of, Lord, I realize life happens and bad things happen to good people. So, Lord, give me the right mind to allow my spirit, man, to raise up on the inside of me, to guide me not out of this situation, but through this situation. Because when I get to the other side, I'm going to be stronger and I'm going to be better equipped to help somebody who's going to go through this same situation and I'm going to be able to look back and tell him you know what God led me through because I had faith in a God that I couldn't see but I know that is real I felt him lead me through that situation do I believe that yes but I'm going to tell you right now folks I'm going to tell you right now, yeah, it's a Monday, and I've had some things go absolutely haywire today in the last few days. 
But I'm going to tell you something right now. I've gone through some stuff that I'm going to be better equipped to help somebody go through some stuff. And my prayer is continuing to evolve and change from, Lord, just take this away to, Lord, your spirit is stronger than anything I'm going to go through. And right now I recognize, I recognize that that spirit is alive in me right now. It is alive and well and bigger than anything this chaotic world can throw at me. So right now, because I believe and I have faith, we're going to get to the other side. I thank you that you're here and you're with me. I thank you that you're my guide. And people are going to see the light of the world in this dark situation because you're real and I believe. You're real and I believe. Thank you for getting me to the other side. Now, last week, I read you an, an, an article that kind of sparked, sparked this, and we talked about how God's role is not primarily to control or change your circumstances. It's to help you cope with your circumstances. His power is mostly, most strongly felt not in creating the massive chandelier of our existence, or even suspending it, but in restoring it when it comes crashing down. Man, did, did this guy who write this article give me the most amazing visual for this? Because here's the problem with church. We stand up here and we, we lecture what needs to be done and how we should believe, but people are visual learners, Okay? We're visual learners. And I'm working to bring more visuals here so it's tangible so you can take it home and remember it. But the thing that he gave us last week was God is like our, the paramedics. This is so good. God is like the paramedics. All right? He comes in to pick up the pieces and pull things together after the wreck. And believing that all things happen for a reason is like believing or is like blaming the paramedics for the wreck. Okay? I'm going to say that again. Believing that all things happen for a reason is the same as blaming the paramedics, which their job is the same as God's, okay? Blaming them for the wreck. No, they're just there to bring things together. Okay? Now, in talking about visual illustrations, because I'm having a day, I had some props and some visuals that was going to be dynamite. I mean, it was going to really be something you could remember. Except I didn't remember to bring them in the chaotic world 30 minutes before church started tonight. But it's all right. I know, it's funny. I know. I thought that, that was, I expected more people to laugh. Thank you, Cindy, for laughing. I mean, it, but apparently, you've been there before, haven't you, Cindy? Oh, yeah. How many, let me ask you this. I mean, here I am. I am bringing a 
visual aid that's going to stick to your ribs for a while. In proclaiming the gospel, the good news, leaving work early and, and, and just shutting things down to come here. And so I'm, I'm sitting here when I finally sit down. Oh, no, I didn't bring my props. I'm being honest again. Kenny likes it when I'm honest. Let me tell you what I'm thinking. God, I'm, I'm working, I'm serving, I'm praying, I'm tithing. Where are you? Has anybody asked that? Am I the only person? Has anybody else gone through a situation and go, God, I am trying to believe here. I'm trying to do what? I'm trying to be the light. I'm trying to have faith, but I really, I don't, I don't see you right now. Do you remember what I said when I started off? Our prayer shouldn't be get me out of this. It should be get me through this. He's always there. He's always there. Now, I could be up here just stomping and cussing and just being getting madder and madder by the minute because I didn't. It wasn't God's fault I forgot the stuff. That's what the problem is. Most of the things when we're going through stuff, it ain't God's problem. Guess, guess who caused it? God didn't forget that. Justin did. Do you know why that happened? Because I wanted things to go a certain way in that auction today. And guess what? They didn't go my way. And I was, I'm just being honest again, I was so ate up in my selfishness because I didn't get my way that I couldn't see God standing right beside me. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. You know the best way to get yourself out of a storm? Last week I talked about, okay, Lord, instead of asking what am I supposed to learn from this, oh, I mean, let me back up. We should ask what am I supposed to learn from this. But I think even something better should be, and I mentioned it last week, what can I teach from this? What can I teach from this? I'm not going to waste my pain. I'm going to use it to help somebody else. But here's another, here's another little, little trick. We can love our way out of it. And that's what this article says. I'll read this to you while you're turning to Matthew chapter 6. Being grounded in Christ simply means living his mandate to love others. If you write anything down tonight, write this down. Love your way out of the storm. Love your way out of the storm. Love your way out of the storm. What do you mean by that? Love others. Stop thinking about yourself and your problems. Blaming God or somebody else. 
Stop focusing on what you can't do and just do what you can for others. Love your way out of the storm. If you live your life with love, you live your life with God because God is love. I'm going to say that again. If you live your life to love other peoples, you live your life with God because God is love. This is how you walk with him daily. This is how you find his presence in his seeming absence. Love your way out of the storm. This walk with God is the stabilizing factor of life. It's what brings order to a chaotic world that is spinning out of control. We live in a chaotic world spinning out of control. How do we bring order into that? Love. Not just the people who are easy to love, but the people that aren't very lovable. If you can love people that don't deserve it, you're going to love your way out of a storm. I'll share a little story with you in a minute. Let me, let me read this to you. Um, Matthew chapter 6, in my opinion, if it's not the all-time greatest chapter in in the book of the bible i don't know what is but it's right up there starting with um i'm going to start with with verse 25 and i'm going to read a while i'm going to read to the bottom of the chapter therefore i tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, ye of little faith. So don't worry and say, what shall we eat? What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But here's here's the verse. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow has enough worry of its own. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's good stuff. I haven't read that in a long time. Man, we ought to read that at least once a month. If you have a go-to, I mean, if you, if you have a go-to verse that you need when, when things are rough, that... that That needs to be it right there. That needs to be it. But seek first the kingdom of God. 
Why have we been teaching about you're the righteousness of God? You were forgiven 2,000 years ago. All the punishment you deserve, Jesus took at the cross. You're forgiven. God's not, not looking down going, oh, man, he dummy did it again. He's waiting around for you to go, I need some help. And God's like, I'm there. I'm here for you. I'm ready to go. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says this. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Write that one down. That's Proverbs 23, 7. Because you're going to... you're gonna. I'm going to stir some stuff up in you, but you're going to need to go back and you're going to get, you need to read these verses again so the Holy Spirit can, can connect on the inside of you, all right? Write this down, Psalms 93, 12. Psalms 93, 12. It says this, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree that will grow like the cedars of Lebanon. They were... You know what the, the Redwoods forest is in California? Those great big, that, that's what, similar to the cedars of Lebanon. So the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like the cedars of Lebanon. The righteous. Why do we keep saying you're the righteousness of God? Because the Bible says so, mainly. But because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you go around thinking, I'm not worthy, I messed up again, or had a day like me going, God, I'm not even sure you're real. I don't see you. Why am I going through this? You actually question God's existence. As a man thinks in his heart. And see, here's the, here, it, it's not that I question God, because he knows we're going to do that. Here's what gets me. Here's what gets me. This is what gets me off track. I go to Jeannie, I go, I question God today. I talk to him like he didn't even exist. I ask myself, if you're really real, you'd be here. How in the world can I know what I know and teach what I teach and still question God? And you know what happens? I go to condemning myself. Condemnation sets in. And I go, you know what? If I question God in my anger and my disappointment, I'm not even worthy to be a pastor anymore. I'm not even worthy to get up here and read your word now. I feel so bad. Why do we teach that you're the righteousness of God? Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now listen to me. We're all going to fall short. We're all going to fall off the wagon. We're all going to question God and wonder where you are. But what happens is because we've been taught that you've got to do certain things and, and do things right to work your way into God's favor that you're not worthy anymore. Like I could have today if I didn't know this. I could have gone, you know, I'm not worthy to stand up in it because what a man thinks in his heart, that's what he becomes. And that's what I've had in my heart. But you know what? 
We've been teaching for the last two years. No, I'm the righteousness of God even though I fall, even though I stumble. I'm worthy. I'm forgiven. I'm equipped. I am the son of the God who created the universe. I am his favorite. You're the righteousness of God. We don't battle situations and circumstances and a chaotic world. The battle is in the mind. And I've told you a lot of times in Romans, it talks about renewing your mind. That's why we got to come. That's why you got to show up. Once a week isn't enough. But if you come once every two weeks, it sure ain't enough. Somebody's got to remind you you're good enough because every week you fall short. If you're like me, you fall short. And you need somebody telling you. Because it's important because just as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Mark Shell said, if I want to change what I do, I have to change the way I think. You got to stay hooked. That's why you got to get a CD every week. You got if you don't have a CD player, you got to get a CD player and a CD. And you got to put the CD in the CD player. And you got to listen to it every day, every week, and then do it again next week. I'm telling you. So my illustration. There is a. A rodeo that I've announced for a long time in Ellensburg, Washington. It's one of the biggest rodeos of the year. And the day before, there is a, a wonderful ranch out on the west side of town that puts on a pro-am team roping. An amateur pays $500 to rope with a pro. And I'm an amateur that doesn't have to pay the 500 because I announced the pro roping later. So I get a free pass to rope with a pro. Not only did I draw a pro, I drew, I, I drew Clay Tryon several years ago. And I get to watch, and, and I'm healing. And I get to watch in these, these, these amateurs warm up in this roping, in the healing. And, and they can't swing a rope and ride at the same time. And I'm thinking, there's only 15 of us. And for the amateurs, there's no money, but there's prize. There's a saddle for first, there's a rifle for second, there's spurs for third, there's a buckle for fourth, there's breast collars for fifth, all the way down to 15th. I mean, there's, there's saddle pads and blankets and bits and everything through 15 places. And I'm going, oh, if I had my very worst day, I'm going to get a beautiful bit or something for a third or fourth place. These guys, they... They can't do anything right. They're just wannabes. I've got a PRCA card and a low U.S. number. I'm going to kill them. And I'm going to show all the pros that I belong with them. And I go at this, and out of 15 places, I've shared this with you years ago. Some of you may remember they give steak knives for 15th. 
I win the steak knives. I wanted to bring the steak knives so you could see steak knives. Why or how did I let these beginners beat me? Because I was just trying not to lose. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What was I at that rope? And all the time, I'm just trying not to lose. So what does that make me? A loser. We've been taught by religion all our lives. Just don't mess up. If you just don't mess up, God will smile down on you. He'll, he'll, he'll build you. If you just don't mess, mess up, He'll build you a, a maybe a bigger place in heaven. If you just don't mess up, we go all through life just trying not to mess up, and we forget who we are. Confident, knowing He'll never leave us or forsake us. Confident, knowing that I'm His favorite son. And I don't care what people think. I'm not trying to impress anybody. And that's when all the pressure falls off. And you can be you who you were created to be. Whether you're roping or going to work or being a witness. Or just going through life. That's why we continue week in and week out. To tell you. You're forgiven. You're the righteousness of God. Seek ye first the righteousness of God, and everything else will take care of itself. You see, I was taught that the righteousness of God was right standing with God. I had to do certain things to get right standing with God. No, seek ye first the righteousness of God, knowing I'm good enough, knowing I'm worthy, and everything else will fall into place. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you that we can be honest because we're confident in who we are. And Lord, I thank you that we can seek your righteousness. And through that, Lord, we can get clarity and we can get wisdom and all the tools we need to get through anything this chaotic world throws at us. So Lord, help us realize that as a man thinks, so we are. Lord, help us think highly of ourselves. Help us to think and believe that we are equipped to not only handle our situations, but to do the ultimate that you made us to do, and that is to help other people through bad situations. Lord, we love you, we believe in you, we trust you. We thank you for our friends and our family. Thank you for the musicians that showed up and the people that are helping. Lord, thank you for bringing us together, even though some of us didn't even want to come tonight. We're so much better because we did. Help us to remember this in days to come when we might talk ourselves out of it because we need each other. 
And it's all because of your love that lives on the inside of us that really changes us. In Jesus' name, amen.